0: I'm going to share it live now. to have you with us tonight, Wednesday night service here in Yadkinville at Lakeside Church. If you're joining with us online, I'm sure you could tell that I'm not Wayne. I'm not (laughs) the pastor. If you're here in the audience, I hope you can tell I'm not the pastor. (laughs) So they are are taking a well-needed vacation. They have been hard at it making this church go since day one and they they they've had the opportunity to get away for a week and and so let's pray that they'll enjoy their time and have have a safe journey back so i'll be bringing you the word tonight um on this wednesday night i'm also going to uh go ahead and go through the announcements real quick um just so we're all on the same page uh don't forget sunday services start at 10 30. PM a.m. services start at 10.30 p.m. services start at six o'clock come out join us be with us you know get filled up with the holy ghost and take it out and set the place on fire right Right. Uh, that's what it's all about Uh, so uh, june 25th don't forget we're going to start our men's and women's word and fellowship meetings so on june 25th we'll come here uh, men and women together uh, anyone who wants to come, you're welcome to come. What we'll do is we'll start out by having like a little covered dish uh, uh, fellowship and food. Um, if everybody wants to bring just a small covered dish, and then uh, we can go from there. We will split off. Uh, women will go one direction, men will go the other direction, and we'll have a time of sharing in God's word. So we'll come and we'll fill our our our, our uh, food fill up with food, and then we will go and we'll fill up with what's more important, the word. Um, and we'll just have a good discussion in the word of God. Um, I know you'll enjoy it. We've been doing it for many years. And, and uh, you know, this is, this is a time where, where iron sharpens iron. This is a time where we come together and God is allowed, uh, 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 enables us, excuse me, God gives us the ability to testify of his goodness to one another. To uplift one another, to build each other up, um, you know. So we 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 come together to to encourage one another um, in the Word and to become better friends with each other and to so so that we can share each other's burdens. That's also you know in the Word of God that we should bear each other's burdens. So um, make plans if you can to be with us June 25th. That will be at is it 6:30 or 7? The time's not on here. I think it's 7 o'clock. So it'll be at 7 o'clock on June 25th, right here at the church. (laughs) My wife's going to find out, make sure that I'm not telling you something that's not right. And you, if you're watching by Facebook, please come out and be with us. Be with us Sunday. Be with us Wednesdays. Be with us for the men's fellowship breakfast. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the men's uh, fellowship meeting, the women's fellowship meetings because they are a time for us to to come together as believers in God, and and we need that more and more every day. Amen. Don't forget, June 27th, 9 to 11 a.m. will be our first responder appreciation breakfast. We need all hands on deck. Anybody that can come, anybody that wants to to come out and help, you know, hey, I don't mind, uh, you know, making a couple of flapjacks. I don't mind, you know, cooking some sausage. (laughs) Right. Um, I don't mind I don't mind getting in here and, and working hard for these men and women who put their lives and their livelihoods on the line day in and day out to make sure that you and I are safe to make sure that that you and I have someone to call when we're in need um, you know it's it's a to me it's more than just a job it takes a special person right. to give up their life to do these sort of things and right now if you looked in our media you would think that now it, it's rough for me it's hard for me to see our men and women that that put their lives on the line on a daily ba- basis to protect us treated the way they are treated mm-hmm. it is really hard for me pray for these men and women right. Amen. Yeah. we should always be praying for them but we should definitely pray for them now they are under attack um, you know what, what are we going to do when, 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 when we don't have a police force to call when somebody you know breaks in or somebody you know tries to d- we need our police we need our firefighters we need our and we need them to be safe and we need them to be healthy and this is going to be our way of sharing back with them thanking them yes so any help would be greatly appreciated and then again, don't forget on July 24 through the 26 VBS Vacation Bible School. I'm gonna need all of you who are online right now watching to get your guests uh, online on Facebook. My wife's making fun of me. I need all of you, everybody that's watching. Half of them may be here in the building, but I need you guys. <laughs> I need you guys to bring your children, bring your grandchildren, bring the children from down the street. Ask their parents first. Don't take somebody's kids without permission. But yes, this is what we need. We need you to bring them out because we're going to fill them up with the Word of God. Yes, they're going to have fun. We're going to have a a, a like a big, huge, bouncy house. I don't know what they call them. But I mean, there's going to be uh, all kinds of stuff for these kids to do. We're going to fill them up with the Word of God. We're going to give them, a, a, you know, A good firm foundation of the word which is the most important thing for these young people okay so um, having said all that I believe that's it for announcements am I missing anything anybody want to No. okay so you guys I want you to remember again we talked about it already remember our first responders remember uh, we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer and as we do I want you to remember our first responders I want you to remember our pastor um, and, and and, as they are on vacation, that they'll have a time of refreshing in the Lord, a time of rest, and that God would bring them home safely and soundly. And Sunday morning, He'll preach the house down. So let's just uh, <laughs> let's just um, uh, go to the Lord in prayer. You guys, pray for me. Uh, my wife will tell you I, I tend to be a little long-winded, so I have like I have a four-hour sermon for forty-five minutes. 30 minutes, however long we are here. Tuesday, and, uh, <laughs> Tuesday night prayer. Tuesday night prayer. Thank you. Uh, don't forget, we normally have Tuesday night prayer, and it sure. is 7 o'clock. Uh, come out and be with us. Um, just, just a time to come together in corporate prayer. You know, right now, uh, we are in such need of prayer. You know, the Word of God tells us that my people my people, Jesus, his people, if my people, which are called by my name, what do we call ourselves? Christians. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. You have to be humble to go before God. You don't deserve anything. So humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. Seeking is more than just the obligatory, now I lay me down to sleep. Seeking is getting before God. If they will seek my face and if they will turn from their wicked ways. Lord, don't you know that this world is full of wickedness right now? If they will turn from their wicked ways, and I hate to say it this way, but the nominal church is full of wickedness right now. If you don't believe it, when they start saying that homosexuals can preach the word of God, That is an abomination. That is anti-Christ. So if we will turn from our wicked ways, then will he hear from heaven? Will he forgive our sins? Which is what I need the most. Before I need anything else, I need my Savior to forgive me of my sins. So if we will turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins and he will Heal our land, and our land is in need of healing. So, if you would, would you join with me right now to pray, uh, lift up these requests, our pastor, and 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 the services here, that God would just break this thing open. Yes. You know, I have no doubt in my mind that one day we're going to have to blow these walls out right. because there are going to be so many people yes. in here hungry for the word of god you see in the last days i will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh you see when he when that pouring begins when he starts to pour out of his spirit upon the people you know where there's a fire people come to watch right we need to be on fire for him let's go to the lord in prayer father we thank you for this day we thank you for the opportunity to be here in the house of god we thank you lord god for uh pastor wayne and 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 stacy lord god that they have given of themselves and they have they have worked so hard Lord to 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 have this place to, to bring this place to us Lord God Father I pray a special blessing on them I pray pray for a uh, a refreshing and a renewing in your spirit lord god that they would be uh, refreshed when they come back lord and that 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 the, the things that that have dragged them down would would lord t- just fade away and fall away lord god and they would be uplifted in their spirits lord god father we pray that you would bring them back to us safely lord take care of them as they're on their uh, 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 vacation lord god Father, we pray for our first responders, we pray for our police officers, God, we pray for our country. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord. Father, that you would wash us, you would cleanse us, that you would, you would make us righteous and holy through your word, Lord God. Father, that we might live according to your will and according to your purpose, and that this land could be healed, Lord this land could be healed from, from racism, from hate, Lord God, on all sides. And Father, that, that, that people would, would understand, Lord God, what is needful in this last day. And that is the unity of the Holy Spirit and not the division of colors and, and, and places of, of where we live and, and all of these things, God. We don't need any of that. What we need is we need to be brothers and sisters in Christ. This country needs you, Lord. This country needs you now more than it has ever needed you. And we pray for our leaders, Lord God. We pray for President Trump. We pray for the men and women, Lord, who are fighting the battle on the front line in our government, Lord God. We pray for our... Uh, uh, uh the people who represent us lord god i pray lord for salvation of the souls of the men and women that are evil in that congress and that house as well lord god that you would save their souls first and foremost lord god and father again help us to turn from our wicked ways lord help us to live according to your purposes lord god now i ask that you would add your blessings to the word lord you know that i am but flesh i am i am weak i am I am inept, Lord God. I am I'm not deserving of standing here behind your holy pulpit, Lord God, and bringing forth this word. But God, don't let them see me. Let them see the word of God. Let them see Jesus Christ. Let them see you, Lord God, in this word. We ask all things in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. If You want to turn with me for a moment? We're going to begin reading in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to just start out by giving you just a little bit of a a, um, history about Ephesus, all right? Ephesus was the capital of the chief, chief province of Asia. It was located about a mile from the Aegean Sea. This was a place that was completely enthroned in the Princess Diana worship, all right? So this place had a different type of God. They were they were pagans. They worshiped the princess Diana, and they were considered to be a major hub in the in the Mediterranean era. Okay, so or area. Um, they and and this place was so sacred that it became so big that even back then it had. What is believed to be more than a quarter of a million people living in this area. That's a lot of people for that time frame, right? All right. So this is this is the Asia Minor area. Population, huge population. Um, and Paul went there and on his second missionary journey, he was there uh, and, and he stayed there for roughly three years. And he impacted this area so greatly when Paul brought forth the word in this area in the in the Ephesus area so greatly that the men who used to make the trinkets the craftsmen who made the little Diana statues to sell to to these worshipers that would come they began to lose so much money that they caused a riot against Paul to run him out of town. So much so that he was unable to return to Ephesus. He had them, the leaders of the church, in order to say his final farewells, he had the leader of the church travel about 30 miles outside of the city to meet him in order to give give them his farewells. So this place was enthroned in pagan worship. They worshiped Diana. And, and that's not necessarily where we're, uh, where we're going, but you'll see how it ties in because I wanted to give you a little bit of background on, on what this area was and why it was what it was. You see, if we'll go to verse one in chapter two, it says, and we're going to read verse uh, one all the way through verse 10. Now, my wife will tell you, again, I, I tend to go overboard a little bit. If we get through verse one, we'll be great. If we get to verse 10, I've been rushing. But I'm going to do my best to bring you the word of God that he has laid upon my heart. So it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, but God, who was rich in mercy, yes, thank you. for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. And hath raised us up uh, uh, together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace are ye saved, through faith Mm -hmm. and not not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus unto good works which god hath before ordained that we should walk in them thank you lord for your word thank you lord for your word so if i had a title to bring to you tonight This this group of verses, I would call salvation through sin, by grace through faith, by grace through faith. So verse one, it starts out with an exciting and and ultimate uh, great news. And you hath he quickened. Let me take these glasses off. Don't need them anymore. You hath he quickened. The word quicken means to revive, to bring back to life. And you hath he quickened. John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave. First of all, we can't look over that. He gave Mm -hmm. his only begotten son, that whosoever uh, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, he quickened us not back to this mortal life, Mm -hmm. but to our spiritual life. He woke us up. He revived us. He renewed us. We were born again. He brought us back from the dead. Mm -hmm. He gave us the opportunity to have that life. You see, he has given us life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm glad to say tonight, that I have that life living in me. He turned us around. He he took us off that path that we were straying down, turned us around and brought us back to where we needed to be. He was so good to us that he gave our feet a solid rock to stand on. You see, before Jesus in my life, I was standing on sinking sand. I was going under. I was unable to breathe. I was unable to live my life according to the way I thought it should go. But that's okay. The way I thought it should go was wrong. When he he called me out, when he he picked me up, when he placed my feet upon that rock, he gave me a new path to walk. And I'm trying every day to walk it. And I'm not perfect, but I'm trying every day to walk it. So he has quickened us. Why did we need that quickening? Why did we need that salvation? Well, let's take a look at the next couple of verses. Verse uh, 2 and I believe it is verse 2. Let's just look at verse 2 and 3 here. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. See, we were dead in sin. Mm-hmm. See, sin brings forth death. James 1.15 tells us, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. Death is something that is inevitable. But see, sin can bring about a death that we never want to talk about. We never want to be a part of. See, sin can bring about the second death. And we don't want any part of that. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, none of us can claim righteousness. None of us can say we are perfect. None of us have been able to walk this life without sinning. You see? And sin, by its nature, brings death. You see, Adam, the first man, sinned in the garden. And when he sinned, he brought forth death. You see, before sin, I, I'll be honest with you, I've never read in the Bible how old uh he was when death entered into his life. Now we know that after he sinned there was a number given but before he sinned, we don't know how long he was in the garden probably was a pretty long time. what was his job in the garden to tend it to name the animals and the and the and the uh, uh, vegetation of the earth that probably would take a pretty long time would't you think? I mean, he was, he was working. That was his job, was to just do those things. And so he brought forth death in the man. And at that point, man had to die, you know? And so what we want is we want to die in Christ and be resurrected with Christ because dying without Christ is the second death. You see, none of us are exempt. The prince of the power of the air, working all around us, is ever working to destroy you and me. This is Satan is trying his best to take us out. If he could, he would have taken you out long before you ever had the opportunity to become a Christian. Why? We are all sinful men. We until we accept Christ, we are sinful men. So he would have taken you out. So his 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 ideology his 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 whole mission is to destroy God's creation mm-hmm. and so he inundates us every day with sinful things he tries to bring out the lusts of the flesh in each and every person and we all have them we all have them and satan is constantly inundating us with things you know when we were kids Me, I'm I'm a little old, I'm I'm, I'm older now. Um, When I was a kid, and and we had three TV stations where we had to get, the remote was me, get up, turn the TV. (laughs) So we got up, and we turned the TV, we had rabbit ears on the TV. Yeah, we were poor, we didn't have cable when I was younger. Uh, So we had three channels, three uh, TV stations. And so we would watch the Andy Griffith show. And things of that nature, and they were wholesome, and they were they were funny, and they were... And nowadays, if you turn on the TV, you can't watch it for more than five seconds without some sort of an ad with a homosexual in it. We're supposed to accept that. Or with, you know, a, a, a half-dressed woman, or... You know, a half-dressed man or, you know, uh, an alcohol advertisement or, you know, a a show where, you know, there's promiscuity going on and people are living together or people are just having casual relationships. You see, they want it to be normalized. They want it to be normalized. Sin is, is a normal thing in our lives now because if you accept it, you're in trouble. We have to stand up against it. right? And you see, we can't fault these people who are living in this because even the scripture here tells us that we, that, that we had our conversation in that even in time past. You see? We live in a society today where The governor of the state of North Carolina Governor Cooper said it was okay to still have abortions and it was okay to go to liquor stores and get your liquor but it wasn't okay to go to church these things ought not to be our grandparents would be rolling over in their graves for us accepting this stuff you know he'll let he'll let protesters gather together in front of the governor's mansion and he'll go out and even stand among them but then come right back the next day and say we still need to have social distancing with our churches. Mm -hmm. You see, that's what their life's goal is. Not Governor Cooper. Governor Cooper is just a pawn in this thing. This is Satan. This is the prince of the power of the air. This is that spiritual wickedness in high places that we read about in the Bible. You see, we've seen some things recently in this nation that that scare me. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We see a man who was a career criminal brutally uh, murdered. And I'm sorry, it's terrible. It should not have happened. Mm-hmm. And, and he was glorified. He's had four different funerals all put on TV. And that's okay. I don't, I'm not saying that that shouldn't have been. But we had a cop, David Dorn, who was shot in the middle of one of these riots, and you don't even hear anything about it in the mainstream media. That's right. So we had a man that dedicated his life to serving his community, and they cast him aside because it doesn't fit the narrative, and we glorify a career criminal. However, misfortunate and terrible, and, and Satan had his will done at the moment when George Floyd lost his life. I was a terrible horrendous thing don't get me wrong it was terrible but our reaction to it yes it's okay to mourn the loss of this man but why can't we mourn the loss of the good man as well that's right. mm-hmm. so we live in a society that's calling good evil and evil good you know we live in a society that's putting darkness over light you can go and get your alcohol and get your, you know, get drunk and 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 these types of things. And, but but you can't go and worship your God in your place of worship. You see, my Bible tells me not to forsake the assembling of ourselves Man. together. That's right. I don't want to forsake that. Why? We just talked about that right before service. You guys should have been here. You would have heard it. <laughs> iron sharpens iron, right? Man. Iron sharpens iron. We come together and we testify of the goodness and mercies of God and how he has brought us through. And when we do this, what happens? We are lifted up. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. You see, sin enters into our life when lust is conceived. And they put these lustful things in front of us. Make it look so good to go party on the beach drinking your coronas, right? Right in the middle of the coronavirus. <laughs> so we see these commercials where or or these TV shows. Where they glorify single parents, what happened to the sanctity of family? What happened to having a father and a mother? You need that as a child, but oh no, men are in this world throwaways. They don't need us. We're 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 the skirt. You ever watch a TV show nowadays? You ever you ever turn on the TV for just a few minutes? The dumbest man in the room is the dad every time and they want you to believe that our flesh longs for the things that are not good things that are not healthy and are a detriment to us spiritually why why our flesh hey you eat a piece of candy you want another piece right Mm -hmm. it is just that way you have a piece of cake You know, what happens normally is you get this little insulin spike and then all of a sudden you want more cake and you want more candy. And so just like our body craves these types of things, right, it also craves those sinful things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I don't need anybody. We hear that statement. I hear that statement and I think, you don't know how far from the truth you are. I have slip-on shoes on, I need God to help me put those on. I'm just being honest. I get my feet up off the bed in the morning. I need him to help me to get to to the shower, to take my shower before I go to work. Mm -hmm. I need him to open my eyes for me when I get out of bed or when I wake up in the morning. I don't wanna do anything outside of his will. I'm just like anybody else, I make mistakes, I do dumb stuff, you know? I hit my fingers with hammers. That hurts. I do dumb stuff. It happens. But I need him. I've said this many, many times. I've told people this many, many times, and they think it's funny. But, you know, I'm, I'm, by trade, I'm a crane mechanic. And so, what I do is I work on cranes for a living. So, I go to these different manufacturing facilities, and every once in a while, you run into what we call a ghost. And so they tell you, oh, you've got this problem going on. And, you know, you hit this button and it does this and, and you can't replicate it. And you can't make it do it. And you can't trace that down. And you're, you're, you're stressed out and you're, you're, you're frustrated and you're like, why is this not working properly? And you know what I normally do? I just say, Father, I need your help. And by the end of the day, I usually get the problem solved. Sometimes I have to order parts. But God doesn't fail call upon him we have to call upon him why well jesus told his disciples in matthew chapter 26 verse 41 says watch and pray that you enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak he was going into the garden to pray and he's told his disciples stay and pray wait with me and pray you know and he came back a little later and they were they were asleep But he said, pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he didn't mean weak as in it was inept. He meant weak as in it was always longing to do that which was wrong. In this instance, it wasn't necessarily wrong that they were tired and they wanted to rest. But the flesh was weak. They couldn't stay up and pray like he asked them to. We've all been there. How many times have you have you went to go read your Bible at night and you're like dozing off? You know, it happens. It is a constant battle to keep the flesh into subjection. Ephesians six twelve says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, our fight as a Christian is a spiritual fight. We cannot beat Jesus into people. Right. Our fight as a Christian is a spiritual fight. And too many of us are unarmed for that spiritual sure. fight. Too many of us don't understand what it's really like. And it's hard. It's hard when you get down to pray. What normally happens when you get down to pray? Distractions. Yeah. Man, the phone rings, right? Oh, I've got to take this call. The dog started barking. It needs to go outside. Oh, the kid's tugging on my skirt tail. They need something. You know, there's always something that happens when we get down to pray. Why is that? It is spiritual warfare. And when you get into that spiritual warfare, it's not always pleasant. You know, you've been in those, hopefully in those situations where you were praying until you just started to to break forth in tears in prayer. Why? Because you're in a spiritual battle. God, I need you. I need your help. Help me, Lord. And your spirit is weeping and crying. And thank God that I have a, a Savior that gave his spirit and he said that he would help me in those times Amen. when I don't know what to pray, he will He yeah. will utter groanings that, that we cannot even understand. Right. Praise God, hallelujah. That's what I want. Yeah. I want to pray until the spirit takes over. Uh-huh. When the spirit takes over, he knows exactly what we have need of. And then it's not my will that's being done, but it's his will. That's right. yeah. uh-huh. How does he lead us into his will? We have to give him that time. We have to give him that ability I mean that that our abilities, we have to work for Him. Ephesians six eleven tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Again, so many Christians today are going into battle unarmed. Mm-hmm. We have churches that preach nothing but prosperity. My Bible tells me I would that you all prosper and be in good health. But he says, even as your soul prospers. In other words, he wants our soul to prosper first and then the rest of it will fall into place. You see, God doesn't want us to be miserable on this earth as well. He wants to bless us. But what happens most of the time when people start getting a blessing is they forget about God. Mm-hmm. They turn into that Laodicean church. We're rich. We're increased through goods. We have need of nothing. And he said, you're poor. You're blind. You're miserable. Right. You're naked. I'm getting ahead of myself. Wicked is rampant in this world. And the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians uh, 6 and 11 that some of us were those people. Some of us were those people. You read verses 9 and 10 of the same chapter and it tells us what kind of people they were. But he goes on in that verse, in that same verse, 6 and 11, it says, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah, I've been washed. Uh-huh. Amen. Nothing better than when I come home from a hard day's work. Listen, so I work on industrial cranes. I told you guys that. I do some work in your plant. Right. Um, I, I've been in your plant several times to work on the cranes. And so we get up into the cranes, right? And they're 10, 20, 30 feet up in the air. Where do you think heat goes? Oh yeah. All of these places are in metal, metal buildings, right? And all that heat Goes right up, you can ask my wife, some days I come home from work, I don't do much anymore because I'm a desk jockey now, I've moved into the office, I'm a a manager now, I I go out when I need to, Um, but the fact is, those days, I spent 20 years almost doing this, and so you know, I climb up on these cranes and I start working and it's 110 degrees in the ceiling and, and I'm pouring sweat out of my body then I can put fluids back in and I get home in the afternoon and one of the first things I want to do is get in a shower and just let it wash me clean Mm -hmm. so when I'm in a sinful world and I see the sin of this world and I see the things that try to destroy us on a daily basis thank God that he has washed me Uh he has washed me made me clean We are sanctified. He doesn't say we're in the process of being sanctified. He says we are sanctified. See, it's because there's nothing we can do to make it any better. It's all in Him. See, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our righteousness is nothing. But we are sanctified through the blood of Christ. And so to say I'm not yet sanctified means I'm not yet saved because when I'm washed in the blood, I'm sanctified in that blood. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean a man can't go out and make a mistake or sin. Okay? But I don't have to... That's not... That's not. My job is not to sanctify myself. But you are justified. I went from... On death row to being justified I'm washed I'm sanctified I'm justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and by the Spirit of God I don't know how people live without the Spirit of God that's right. I don't know how they do it you see this world if, if you look at this world on a daily basis that that's what's happened in our nation right now this whole coronavirus thing yeah it's, it's 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 bad. People get sick. I understand it, totally. But people watch the news 24 hours a day and all they do is, is gain more and more fear into their life. But my Bible tells me, my God hath not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. You see... I don't know how people live without the Spirit. But he says, we are sanctified, we are washed, we are justified in the name, just the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord, Christ has has made a way where there was no way. But our lesson doesn't end there, guys. We're not going to stop right there. We're going to go to verse 4 now. But... God. You see, he started off here explaining how wretched and how miserable some of us were. How sinful and inept some of us were. How we were no good. We were terrible. we We were worse than the worst. Some of us. Some of us like me. I was no good. I wasn't a good person. But God. But God, who was rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, Mm -hmm. even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. But God. Mm -hmm. But God. Aren't you glad Jesus loves us when we did not deserve his love? His compassion, his mercy, his grace, we deserve it punishment for our sin you remember as a little kid when you did something wrong and you knew you deserved punishment and your mother or your father just kind of pulled you close and gave you love instead that's what Jesus is doing to us day in and day out but God who was rich in mercy 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 you know, mercy is, is not something that we can earn. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't beg for it. You can't, you can't buy it. Mercy is something that has to be given. And he was merciful to me, a sinner. Thank you, Jesus, for being yes. merciful to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you Amen. for your mercy tonight, yes. God. His grace is all sufficient. Mm-hmm. His grace is more than enough. When we deserved that punishment, when we were standing before the balances of justice, when we were standing before our God, and we had no way to justify who and what we were, his grace. His grace we deserved to be punished. We were wicked. We were we were sinners. We were vile. Man. I thank God every day for that. But, yes. but God, mm-hmm. who was rich in mercy, rich in it. What does that mean? <laughs> you can't exhaust it. Never gonna have enough, uh, Never gonna gonna exhaust the mercies of God. You see, we were bound. For a devil's hell. But we as people. Hell wasn't designed for people. Matthew chapter 25 verse 41. Tells us that hell was prepared. For the devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you the last part of it. I thought he was going to put it up there for me. You see the end of that scripture there. The devil and his angels is what hell was prepared for. Not for us. So God, God desired us to worship him. God desired to, yeah, was, to be our friends, yeah. all right? When he created Adam, he didn't create Adam and hell, right. right? It was never supposed to be. Hell was for the devil and his angels. But God, who is rich in mercy, if you look that word up, what that means is, the discretionary power of a judge to pardon someone or to mitigate, mitigate punishment. The discretionary power of a judge. There's only one judge. And when he judges, I want him to judge me through grace. Grace. Marvelous grace. Wow. Psalms 103 and 17 says, But the mercies of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children generational righteousness generational righteousness you see just like the decline in america just like the decline in our lives it didn't start out all of a sudden where people just were like oh we're not going to be godly anymore it was a process that brought us to this. Men and women back as far as World War One and Two II and, III and I mean, I, Three <laughs> and Three And the, uh, the rest of the wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> Korea, Vietnam, all of those. You know, people people going off to war and leaving families and, and, and families having to be raised without two parent homes and then and then it become rampant and then and then sin began to creep in and, and you know it's funny to me how that we've got I am I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. I've been political enough today. <laughs> I'm gonna just zip it. My wife's back there telling me to. Um, listen, we have slowly <laughs> faded. As a nation. We have slowly faded. But we can have generational. Generational righteousness. How do we do that? We teach our children the righteous way. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old. He will not depart from it. I'm believing God for all my children. My grandchildren. I know you are too, right? Every one of us sitting here. I'm believing God. You see. Psalms told us right here, the mercies of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. There's there's only one good fear. The fear of the Lord. And the Bible says that's the beginning of knowledge. Alright? So the fear of the Lord is a good thing. But the fear of this world and what it can do, we shouldn't have that type of. And we live in a time full of fear right now. A time full of fear. You see, my Bible tells me in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you'll hear that a lot. You'll hear us say a lot. Whosoever. Pastor Jason, when you watch this later, I'm sure you're going to. (laughs) Whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the same shall be saved. I'm glad that I'm a whosoever. Right. Let's move to verse 6 real quick. He has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. I want to thank God for the heavenly places right now. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for the heavenly places. What do we mean by heavenly places? I'm not in heaven. No, but we can have heavenly places in our life right now. The peace and the joy and the love that, that he puts into our lives, that's heavenly. When this whole world is upside down and turned on his ear and doing crazy things, that's a little slice of heaven to be able to, to just have peace in the midst of the storm, right? right. Verse 7 tells us, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Jesus or Christ Jesus. He wants to show us the exceeding riches of his dra- grace. See, I've gone from being poor and blind and miserable and naked. Again, Revelation 3:17 says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. And have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Isn't it a stark contrast the way God sees us as opposed to how we see us? You see, in the flesh, when a man's rich, people think he's got it all, he needs nothing. And that's what he was saying to the Laodicean church. You say you're rich and you're increased with goods and you don't need anything. And I say you're poor and blind and miserable and naked. It's a very stark contrast. Why? God doesn't deal in the flesh. Mm -hmm. He cannot be pleased by anything in the flesh. The flesh will not, cannot, never will please God. Why? Because it's death. That's right. That's what the flesh is. But in the spirit, you see, some of the poorest people in the world are some of the richest. Because the riches of God have nothing to do with money. Right? Uh, The gift of eternal life makes me rich. Right? How about the gift of peace? Man, that's riches right there. When the world is going crazy, when the world is is just, just destroying itself right in front of you, to have peace. In the midst of the storm. That makes me rich. That makes me rich. How about the gift of joy? See, the joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. They didn't give it, and they surely can't take it away, right? That's right. Joy is not in my circumstances, joy is not in my bank account, joy is not in whether or not I have a nice car to drive. Or a nice home to live in. My joy is in the fact that I have an eternal home. He is preparing a place for me. He said that where I am, you might be also. Praise God. Right? That is riches, man. That makes me rich. How about the gift of love? I know all of us at some point in our lives have felt unloved. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? But see, even when everybody in this world turns their back on us and we're at our most low state and we feel like nobody cares, nobody loves us, guess what? There is one that sticketh closer than a brother. There is one that says, I loved you so much that I gave my only begotten son. There is one that said, I love you so much. I am not going to give up on you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to pull you out of that miry clay. I loved you so much that I was willing to die in your stead. Man, that's riches right there. Mm -hmm. You can have all the money in the world, but that's riches to me. That's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. For by grace are you saved through faith. See, his grace is what saves me. But I have to have faith in it. That's right. Yeah. I have to have faith in it. But you know that as human beings, we use faith every day and don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. When I go into the shower at about four fifteen in the morning, and I turn that knob, I expect there to be hot water coming out. Don't I? That's faith. When I go out to crank my car and head to work. I expect it to crank. That's faith. You know? I expect that I'm gonna have a job when I get to work. That's faith. We use faith every single day. Now it's not on the same scale, mm-hmm. but see, what does Bible or what what is what does the Bible tell us about faith? It is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, faith is not tangible. Faith is not something that you can grab hold of, smell, taste, look at. Faith is something that you have to take down deep inside. Faith is something that you have to put to practice. You know what faith is? Faith is when we come together, Michael, and we share our stories together, and I tell you what God has brought me through. And you're encouraged by that you see the Bible tells us in Romans 10 17 so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God mm-hmm. faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God well the word of God is yes absolutely this right here but when I tell you that God has brought me through he has brought me out that's the word of God mm-hmm. you know what I mean he's His word to me is, I got you, son. I'm not going to let you fall. It's like that father that's holding the hand of his child, walking down the street, and the child trips. I got you, boy. I ain't letting you fall. You're going to be okay. He just holds on with all of his might. Mm. Why? And his might, we know, is limitless. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. But we can't come to him in a proud way saying we deserve something. We have to come in a a humble way. Hebrews 4.16 says, he resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. You see, I don't deserve it. He has to give it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't buy it. I can't. He has to want to give it to me. But thank God that he did want to give it to me. You see, we as men and women have to exercise our faith. And coming together, let's just say in a meeting like this tonight, being able to share with one another, we increase each other's faith. Things like the men's meeting on the 25th and the women's meeting on the 25th, coming together at that time and being able to share with one another is going to increase our faith. Coming on Sunday mornings and sitting around in here and and, and talking to each other and getting to know each other and learning each other's stories and, and how God has been good to us, that increases our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, we have to exercise that faith again by grace we're saved through faith if i didn't believe it it couldn't happen you know what i mean because it has to be a free will so if you want more faith in your life you need to be here when the doors are open you need to come to church hear the word of god that's how your faith is increased when we start talking we could go back to hebrews to the, to, the, to the chapter of faith and start talking about all the men. You know, Abraham and Isaac. God will supply a sacrifice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Father, I see the wood and I see the knife. Where's the sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God will supply. That's right. God will supply, right? So we see this and we're like, oh man, we really, <laughs> my life just me. Okay, so we <laughs> we have to have faith. Let me move on. And that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We cannot boast. We cannot be proud. We have to come humbly. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. By grace and faith, you see, if it were not for grace, for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here today. None of us could earn our way in. We had to have his grace. The law could not get us in. The law only pointed out our failures. The law only pointed out our sins. But Jesus came and he fulfilled that law. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled that covenantal relationship and brought us back. How? Through the spotless sacrifice. See, you know, Romans chapter 7, verse 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good? Oftentimes I find it not. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Our righteousness is filthy rags to him. So we have to have his grace. We have to have his his saving power. But I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to give this one last scripture to you. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah, right? He's going to perform it in me. Why? Because I have nothing to do with it. My faith in him is the way I make it. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, you, Jesus, that you cared for a wretch like me. Yes, Jesus. That you look down on this poor, miserable, blind, naked man. Yes. And you said, I'm going to replace that with my riches, yes. peace, and joy, and love. And now I can I can laugh sometimes when everything seems down. And I can cry sometimes in joy when everything seems distressed. Why? He's got me. Yes he's got me by grace we are saved through faith the salvation plan of jesus christ is not a not a hard one have faith in me and i'll bring you through thank you for your time tonight thank you guys i appreciate you being online love you guys all hope to see you here soon sunday morning Uh, 10.30, I started to say 6 o'clock You're here at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning We're not going to be here (laughs) 10.30 on Sunday morning We are going to praise God In song We're going to worship Him In song Pastor's going to bring the word to us Our faith is going to be increased And I expect The Holy Ghost to show up And do His work Thank you Lord Thank you guys for your time